2: Weird news. Fresh views. Helpful clues and interviews.
1: By students. For students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com.
0: Welcome back to The Shortcode Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler, and I'm surrounded today by a particularly ravaging, ravishing <laughs> not ravishing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <both>. I'm pissed.
0: <laughs> ravishing group of co-hosts. Say hello to Kylie Miller. Hello. Say hi to Eric Neller. Hey, what's up? Gabe Conley's here. Hey. And Isaac Schwantes. Hey guys. Is also here. And gals. And yeah. Exclusive. Well, guys is, you know, it's a you generic know. term. Fair yeah, thing. it is. Kylie. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to put you right on the spot. I'm gonna s- I
1: did not just take a large bite of Lava Daffy. <laughs> 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 I'm going to put you right
0: on the spot today. You have said, you have confessed on the show in the past that you did not want to leave the preclinical phase of the curriculum here at the Carver College of Medicine. Uh, How's it going? I should say, I mean, you've moved on. If you are our listeners, you've moved on to the clinical phase at this point where you're seeing patients and learning the ropes. It's been, what, three weeks about? How's it going?
1: Yeah. Um, So we've been three weeks in the clinic and had a week before that to like, cram everything you had failed to do in the first year and a half to mm-hmm. um, so like teach us all of EKGs in cardiology. That was fun. Um, and I'm not alone in this. Isaac too um, can speak on his part of like the more normal probably student view since I cried my way through like the end of preclinical curriculum. Um, but I love clinicals. So like have no fear, those of you that are moving on, it, I can't say it necessarily gets better. It gets different.
0: Yeah. So what, what, what changed? what your opinion you were you were nervous about it yeah and now
1: i think rightly so you're going to be nervous as you like go into direct patient care and translating the foundational sciences
0: yeah i'd be terrified
1: (laughs) yeah and that that, you know a good dose of humility is good to have but i've loved seeing patients like this is why we're in it right is Mm -hmm. to see cool medical things and care for people when they need it most um so it's been great i think one of the hardships is now not seeing your friends every day coming into class together sitting with your friends eating lunch together and like being on your own time doing those things but you kind of find a new niche with um my inpatient internal medicine team has been great like my interns and senior resident were like so awesome we're facebook friends now
2: hey yeah
1: (laughs) the real deal
3: moving along
1: yes um and even our attendings were great and just want to like pass on their wisdom to you and they care about you. And I think it varies from team to team, but like you find a new support network and then you see your friends occasionally. So.
3: <laughs> what
0: about you, Isaac? How's it going?
4: Um, it's been kind of a sink or swim first three weeks. It feels like a uh, first week was really uh, nerve wracking. I guess it's the same with Kylie. What are you in? I'm an outpatient internal medicine. So Kylie's an inpatient internal medicine and mm. I'm on the outpatient side. Um, a little bit nicer, a little bit more of a free schedule i have some afternoons off and things like that
3: yeah
4: (laughs) um but i don't i agree with kylie it's been it's been different um in the sense like i go to a patient now i don't have the patient doesn't give me four answers one of which, which is correct for treatment or the diagnosis which is kind of harder to like pull it out of yourself right but it also like this is what we're here to do right we're seeing cool patients actually it feels like you're actually making a difference in someone's life you're like helping them counseling them with whatever treatment they have, and maybe even suggesting some things that like, hey, I know this, and when you have those little moments like almost giving a little bit of validity, like I learned something during my preclinical years, <laughs> yes. and I can actually
0: do medicine a little bit mm-hmm. is there any so uh, one of the common complaints of students is that I will never use this uh, oh, whoa. I will never use this information that was presented in this preclinical course is, Has, has oh. there been any occasion where you were like, oh it's bit It's confusing. early yet, I feel yeah, like. Yeah,
1: that serum, ascites albumin gradient. Oh, like
2: yep.
1: <laughs> just the the random things. You're like, I don't need to know numbers. And true, you can look it up, but when you're like standing in a hallway rounding on patients and you're attending, like once you know, you're like, all right, I'm gonna go take a look back at those notes. But the flip side of like what Isaac was saying is that you get to, you know, apply your clinical knowledge and know that you know things. At the same time, I'm like overwhelmed by the amount i don't know so i have my study guides i made in preclinical, like specifically our keystone course where you're like doing more clinical scenarios Mm. and i found those to be helpful but it's like for every line of information you have there is there are like 10 up-to-date articles that you can then go read through in order to get a better sense and understanding of like why your patient's there patients are not textbook cases Mm -hmm. and i will say i've definitely done a lot more reading in three weeks of clinical time that I have in like all preclinicals.
4: Oh wow! The one thing I noticed is the one the one class I almost loathed going to was PCS, like our professional communication skills class, and, right.
0: and patient isn't it? Our patient communication. Patient-centered centered? No, patient. Yeah, okay, patient communication skills. Whatever. <laughs> what do yeah. I know? Professional uh, people, communication people, skills. People. Cancer
4: s- seminar. You know, I may may pin in a little uh with this preconceived notion of like medicine is learning about what labs to draw what tests to do what cool imaging and then there's the diagnosis right and uh i guess what the last three weeks has shown me and like i kind of got the hint of it going through the last part of preclinical years is it's not so much about knowing what exams to do it's knowing how to communicate with your patients because so many of the diagnoses that you get you can tell from the history you can tell by sitting there and talking to the patient because you can draw all these different labs do all these different imaging things You'll look for things that aren't there or things that don't make sense Mm. or like you'll find things just because you're looking for something. Um, But the communication aspect is something that I've learned like, oh, I didn't think that was going to be as huge of a component as it is. And uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing from preclinical years. I actually got something out of that I wasn't expecting to see.
3: I think those are the lectures that, us preclinical people kind of check out of the most when we yeah because
0: it's like oh this is soft it's soft yeah exactly (laughs) i know i can
3: reason this one out
2: you know yeah i have feelings yeah exactly (laughs) i'm a good person yeah
1: i will definitely say i think the thing i felt least prepared for aside from like the hardcore biochemistry that we did the first like six weeks of school which has not overtly come up yet but it's subtle um are the physical exam skills and we really only practice practiced those you know a one-time thing you mm-hmm. kind of practice again you have an exam but the routine of like doing a head-to-toe exam and deciphering which um like which clinical exams are going to give you the most bang for your buck and i'm learning slowly but surely but deciphering lung sounds and just touching people mm-hmm. and just Trying not to hurt them or look like a fool. Mm-hmm. Those are one of the things that I wrote off in our preclinical curriculum of like I can listen to a heart, but
3: I can reason this out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. who I memorized the wh- checklist? How did you decide that listening to a heart was going to be easy? Because I've heard so <laughs> many, I've heard so many people like I don't, I don't hear. I you know, oh, it's hard. I, I don't I hear, hear it that murmur. Beating,
1: I'm like, they're alive. Next.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Kylie's, Kylie's gone into medicine, assuming that everyone's going to be healthy. <laughs> I put the scope in the yeah. right spot.
1: And then right. I finally listened to a guy this week, and I'm like, his heart's going boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, is that a murmur?
4: <laughs> it, it doesn't sound right. That's all you need to identify. The it doesn't <laughs> sound right. Something doesn't sound right.
0: right. Yeah. yeah. Let's, give him a, so, hey, let's give him a test.
1: Humble pie and just like learning how much you don't know and really respecting the colleagues and the people that have figured it out and by figured out I mean are still learning Mm. uh, our attendings and stuff but they're like we have taken on a very large task and we just got to keep that in in mind and respect the profession
3: (laughs) yeah well what's like the daily workload compared to the preclinical like, in terms of hours you're spending.
1: Well, let's not ask the outpatient yeah, guy. Right. Don't
3: ask me. I'm not
0: very representative. <laughs> it varies. It? It's,
1: I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be and that's all the over thing. the place. It varies for everyone. Like, you know, your surgeons and your internal or your outpatient, like pediatricians, they're going to have different hours.
0: And even but, within a, an individual clerkship, you're just going to get different patients and different. True. But um, so what time do you get up in the morning, Kylie?
1: Oh, uh, Before the sun. Before, before this yeah
3: That's like seven though.
1: Well, no. Right okay, now. so an hour Not and a half. An hour and a half before the sun. Okay. I'm like trying to wake up at five thirty so I can get on a bus and get there because you know they give you start time at seven AM. Translate that to medical student time. You should be there before six thirty to six forty five. Yeah. You don't want your resident there before you. And you gotta mm-hmm. look up
0: numbers and some yep, check and-
1: what your patient did overnight. Be ready to pre round on pre rounds and then do <laughs> yeah. actual rounds. Like actual rounds aren't until nine AM for us. Um, and then by the time you finish that, you go to like noon conference, usually where you're talk about cases or specific like lectures for an hour. And then you go afternoon, check up on your patient, follow up on procedures, everything else that needs done. Oh,
3: for God's sake. And
1: then you're going to kind of see them before you leave, get the plan for the next day, hand off your patients. So normally we should be done at six. Some di- days I've been done earlier, days we're admitting. I'm not maybe out of there till seven, seven thirty when I finish my notes. And then I get try and catch a bus home. And then I eat, sometimes I'll work out, shower, and I need to be in bed by 9 o'clock if I'm going to get up at 5.30. And you
3: have, like, studying to do, too. Kind so of.
1: that's the thing, yeah, is finding out when to study and oh using your God, patience Eric. as a learning tool.
3: Gabe, Gabe
0: looks like, Gabe's got this expression on his face like, wait a minute. I thought I was in business school. This but. sounds <laughs> shittier. Oh, it's not too late. We can get out. Can right. get out You've only point, got half a year under your belt.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think everyone thought I was weird, and I am I know I'm talking a lot right now, but I just feel very strongly about medical education and realizing what point you're in and how it's going to change is important. Mm-hmm. So in preclinicals, I had foresight enough. It's rare, but foresight to see that our personal autonomy and scheduling and if you wanted to go to lecture, you did. If you didn't, you didn't. Um, people didn't realize how good that was. And now you're in clinic and it's sort of a shock, um, kind of how much your time as someone else's.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Any yep. uh any uh big blunders you've made to, well that's kinda of mean spirited. Any like I I'll let it Isaac moments? start that
4: one. <laughs> oh, I mean, not so many blunders. Like one of the differences between preclinical years and clinical years is this whole Socratic method. And uh so it's not so much blunders. You you kinda of feel self conscious about I like gotcha, things yeah. you don't know, but trying to think have i really made a big mistake yet
3: mm. times where you just looked really bad in front of me, <laughs> just oh, like you just wanted of- to hide
4: hmm Ugh. thankfully not anything that's coming up right now i'll think of something that i'll, I'll have to share
1: i think for me it's like lung sounds you're attending <laughs> yeah. listening to a patient then listen to the pa. i listen to the patient and in the patient's room they're like what did you hear and oh, i'm like yeah, there you go. <gasps> wheezing and they're like that's wrong. Kai and I'm like, I'm, like well, I'm lucky if I remember where the H goes in the word wrong. Kai. <laughs>
0: Wheezy. Damn. Uh, any uh, any weird uh, cases you can describe without uh, w- or, or startling things that you experience without violating HIPAA? Um, I had a case of testicular torsion. That doesn't sound good. Which uh, personally, I'm gonna go on was, record and say it was say.
1: his per- testicle. <laughs> <was> per- yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mid round, I had this.
4: <laughs> oh man, this poor gentleman came in. And he had like acute onset of like bad pain, and he's taking a lot of pain medication. It just wasn't controlling it, and uh, he's like, ah, "This is just isn't right." And you know, it's a very personal subject to ask a man to talk to another man like. Okay, how are, how's your testicles doing? Like, right. how, it, it's very <laughs> weird for the patient, but there's a certain point where, like, they're here for
0: this. Where does it, this pain occur? Like, in the testicles, or is it referred pain else? I mean, I don't understand. Like, if, if, if I had something that was called <laughs> testicular torsion, i would think holy <laughs> shit i'm going to the- I'm, i would be like not i'm going to take some pills i'd yeah, be like i'm going to the hospital right the f now
1: it sounds like a carnival ride to <laughs> <abortion>. <laughs> yeah. like one
4: anyway and uh basically what happens is it's not actually in the testicle it's like the spermatic cord and stuff in mm-hmm. your inguinal canal like twist and then what happens you don't get any blood flow down there oh boy so as you can imagine it'd be super painful so, unfortunately, this, this gentleman had a lot of pain, and we're like, it's like, this is not GI pain. We did a uh, exam on him, so I was like, all right, well, we'll examine, and everything looked fine. And we were like, all right, we need to do an ultrasound, and it turned out his testicle is necrotic. And, oh, um, so he has, about to ask. The second coolest name for surgery is um, orchiectomy, so he has a orchiectomy. That sounds nice. Takes testicles.
1: We're taking out orchids from your body. Yeah, Mm -hmm. orchiectomy.
4: Sapling oophorectomy is my favorite though. Sapling.
1: Salpingo oophorectomy. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's an ovary one.
4: Yeah. Mm. Sapling. Uh, Edit out my
0: mispronunciation. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) We're just. I don't do that for me. (laughs) You don't, I don't. <laughs> Helping yeah.
1: all these other future future clinical medical students not go look like a fool on rounds, and they're like, "Let's do the sapling oophorectomy." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Shout out Isaac Schwantes.
0: Uh, well, we'll come back to testicles. Coincidentally, we'll come back to testicles. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, nice whole circle uh, nice. It's
1: like my day every day. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Always comes back to testicles.
0: Kylie, I'm glad that the Comp said it's time to grow up and push you out of the nest, and, and you're you're experiencing some of the exciting parts of the Thanks career. I'm singling out Kylie because she I'm, was the one who expressed I had a you know, very strong. Many
1: tears were cried in this office around this podcast table
0: No Uh,
1: But I am also just here to prove Dave wrong because he says like when people go to clinics they always disappear and don't come back and everything So like three it's... weeks in here I am podcasting away yeah, what of
0: it other, Dave? The it's return It's not entirely true I agree It's not entirely true that they disappear but I see a lot less of y'all So I'm glad you're here Thank you Thank you Thank you. And thank you, Isaac. You're welcome. I appreciate your presence. And me and Eric. You guys, you you don't have to lie. You guys I can currently (laughs) take for granted. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Guys, the uh, U.S. health, the U.S.'s largest health insurance company is sick of your bullshit. Uh, In several states now, if you go to the emergency room, and Anthem later decides that emergency treatment wasn't warranted, they will not pay for the claim. These states include, uh, first included Georgia, Missouri, and Kentucky, and it's now adding New Hampshire, Indiana, and Ohio, and there may be other states coming. So basically, as you imagine, physicians aren't really happy with this because it means that people need to self diagnose before they even go to the emergency room to try to decide whether yeah. this is.
1: That's what WebMD is for.
3: But, well, the, yeah, well, the problem mm-hmm. with that is you always have cancer. <laughs> yeah. It does come to cancer quite often. Yeah. Although
1: yeah. I may say the WebMD testicular torsion quiz is very accurate. Oh. JK, I probably shouldn't endorse that on this podcast. Yeah, okay. If
0: people. you've got pain in your orchids, <laughs> <laughs> that and Wikipedia,
4: like, Wikipedia is not a bet. Ba- okay. It sh- well, <laughs> I, is I mean. I, a terrible resource to make clinical judgment, but it's got good tidbits if you can, like, disseminate out just to get a kind of a general structure of things. And then you go up to date to confirm it. But is that like a quick reference? A lot of people use that, and there's like, oh,
2: it's good source bad. to use, but deny that you ever were on it. You I should. I'll, yeah.
0: I'll
4: endorse it. I think a portion
0: of every student's tuition should be given to Wikipedia. <laughs> Retweet to, uh, true. so true. Yeah. To uh, you know, on the down low, yeah. we can we can oh. make a donation under you know somebody else's name, but a shell company. Yeah, shell company. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. And the other, the other thing that people are concerned about is what if people get rejected and then they have a real emergency later and they're like, well, yeah, I'm not going to go to the ER because True. I'm
3: going to get charged for it a lot of money. It's one of those policies that sounds good in theory, right? You mm-hmm. want to decrease costs. Obviously, emergency room costs are the highest there are basically on average. Um, but yeah, I think that, that could change behavior in a negative way. It could result in exactly what you described. I don't know.
0: I think that anybody who gave this a minute's thought would probably come to that conclusion (laughs) but you know
1: yeah i in theory as someone who worked in an er for several years and you know dreaded that 3 a.m like coming in for the ear infection call i think in reading the article it talked about so many of our visits are non-emergent and it's taking up resources um and causing the increase in costs like of healthcare in the United States. But sometimes there just aren't better options. And so in the article that I read talking about Anthem's move, it says it's kind of putting the burden, shifting that to hospitals to maybe run their own parallel 24-hour acute care clinic. Um, So for simple lacerations or...
0: Which a lot of... I mean, our hospital does that. I mean, yeah, I don't um, know if they do lax in... uh... They have...
1: Well, there's quick care, which has just extended hours. Mm. I don't know that there's one that does a uh, 24-hour... kind of acute care here. But I could definitely look into that Um, because I've had the problem where I had like and not a severe laceration, but it needed medical attention when I was in high school on Fourth of July, and I like was dreading going to the ER. Because there might be a I, good story. I there. knew it didn't need to.
4: <laughs> as she continues to go through the story, it <laughs> was, <laughs> was a very, very sharp. <laughs> I didn't
1: need emergent medical attention, but I needed someone to close this gaping wound.
4: And... But that would I think qualifies an emergency if it's something bad enough where you need to get. But like... their
1: toes, you know, where you're yeah. like, oh, their toes. Yeah, you know, it's we know toes. Toes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Um, You're not going to die, but like. I was so embarrassed going to the ER because, you know, knowing as a future doctor, we are the worst patients and I didn't want medical attention. I was like, no big deal. But.
0: Will superglue take care of that?
1: Things, yeah. Except when it's on the bottom of your foot and you like don't wear shoes ever, which was me (laughs) growing up. It just superglue doesn't hold very long.
4: On that comment, doctors are the worst patients. I've heard that doctors and nurses are the worst patients. But like right now, I feel like I'd be the best patient ever because I don't know enough. And if my physician told me to take this, this, and this, I take it every day on the d- dot. Yeah. But then once I get to the point where I'm a doctor, I think I'll become like, no, I'm arrogant. Like maybe a little self. Like I will. I know
0: what I, I, know, I know what's know. going on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need this
4: or like you're wrong. This is not what my opinion is. Do, <laughs> do you agree with that or do you think it, like?
1: No, I think or that I'm you, are you a hard And this right might now? be the difference in men and women. I'm going to downplay every complaint I ever have and like, no, there's there's always gonna be someone that's sicker than me. They're gonna think that I'm, you know, exaggerating. This is this is stupid. I don't need help. Kylie um, frames
0: everything in terms of men yeah, versus. Men like versus a weird gender men. politics.
1: <laughs> like. Yeah. But we like we are just more nurturing creatures towards others and not ourselves as women. <laughs> okay. Um And so I will – and being a doctor, I'll be like, okay, I know clearly, you know, my abdominal pain is, like, not going to be a triple A. Just the odds are against me. And then the one time it really is, then sayonara, guys. But Mm. uh, So the ER thing, I I was, like, very for it until you guys bring up the good points of, like, people that have – had past claims denied aren't like as likely to go people that are of a lower ses and maybe couldn't afford to take that risk are going to go and we're just increasing the disparities and the gap between adequate health care for everyone
0: well the other thing is sometimes things can happen that are frightening but not Mm -hmm.
1: yeah emergent i mean if you you have have an educational background you know, in any kind of right. medicine to know the difference.
0: Like I stood up in, I, I've said this on the show before, I stood up in my office one day and hit my head on the corner of uh, a shelf. Oh, yeah. And blood, probably blood was everywhere. Yeah. Is that I shelf had to get, gone? It's, it's been cut back. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Cooper had Revenge. to come down and look at my. I had to get Doctor Cooper to look at my head.
1: The urologist. Yes, He's
0: the the wrong head, as he would well, say. Well, yeah, he. I think he did make a comment about that. But anyway, <laughs> I was fine. But you know, I would have likely gone to the ER because A hurts so mother effing bad, and B there was blood everywhere.
1: Oh yeah, head wounds. They they. Just- but you. Yeah, you don't know but that as a, a, as a like, person. lay person.
0: You don't know that really unless it's happened to you before. In which case, you've already been ter- been had your bill denied. Tonight.
1: Why didn't you just super glue it, Dave?
0: Because <sighs> I didn't want it to mess up my luxurious hair. Hair? It was on my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. She must have missed
2: that earlier. Yeah, where's the uh, disconnect here? Oh, yeah. right? I, don't, I
1: think it's. Well, I was thinking head and like face, and then, you know, there. That's fine. I'm not trying to say you don't have a lot of hair. It's just well,
2: like 75% I... of his head is covered in hair. <laughs> hair? What hair? <laughs> Eric
1: has nice hair. Oh, thank you. Not that you don't, Gabe. I, I feel the need to compliment everyone's hair. Nice hair, Isaac.
0: Except mine, I've noticed, but yeah. fine. Yeah. Gray hair is okay, And she okay didn't too, exactly compliment
3: mine, but that's all right.
2: Yeah, it was it was kind of weak. Like, yeah, oh, very... I
1: have the scraps on okay, the compliment. <laughs> My hair is full of dry shampoo, so you can't wait on me, too.
3: Men need a lot of compliments. <laughs> I do.
1: Why is down. it always gotta be about men versus uh, women? I man. don't know.
0: Hey, um needle exchanges. Maybe coming to Iowa. Although for now, it's illegal. Uh, despite that. Uh, the work of our own M4 Zara Ziegenhorn, a fourth year medical student and executive director of the Iowa Harm Reduction Coalition. Sorry?
1: Sarah's in our class, actually.
0: I thought she was an M four.
1: She's an M two.
0: What? Okay. M two. Sarah Ziegenhorn. An executive director of the Iowa Harm Reduction Coalition was featured on Iowa Public Radio this week um, for uh, her and their efforts. Of course, uh, policymakers are, you know, skeptical of needle exchanges since it seems to be, you know, sort of enabling an undesirable behavior. Um, but anyway, they're going ahead anyway. Uh, as well as syringes, they distribute naloxone, fentanyl test strips, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, other supplies. And they also test for HIV and hep C. Uh, The goal here is to acknowledge that drug users will find ways to use until they can stop using. uh, And they want to reduce some of the collateral damage that intravenous drug users, uh, drug use causes like uh, the spread of those diseases. Let's uh, hear from Sarah for a second.
2: Rather than being an opportunity to encourage or celebrate drug use in any way, they just accept um, the nature
1: of what drug use can be and can look like for individual people and try to take a holistic perspective of people's health.
0: At the moment, the CDC has given its blessing for the program, and the Iowa legislation is now considering legalizing such programs. Um, it's, It's kind of a scary position to put herself in, though.
3: Don't you think? Yeah, I think it's baller. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. crazy. That's really cool. I'm really impressed by that.
1: She is a crazy, impressive person. And so she was actually, you know, scheduled to start clinics with us. But she's doing, I think, like a research block first. Mm-hmm. And the school has been really supportive of, oh, wow. or, you know, I'm sure she could speak better to that. but from the She outside, has. We, we
0: did a show, yeah. uh, I think, last year.
1: They've allowed her to kind of do that research block ahead of time because she's taking that to the legislative mm-hmm. floor currently and really championing for that. Um, and it like she is an amazing person so i
0: you know i didn't even look it up i just assumed she was an m4 like she is she strikes me as like like just already m- mature like <laughs> way done. more mature
2: than anyone here yeah, yeah.
3: well mature more mature than me <laughs> yeah. for sure um do you know has she has she ever said where her motivation for that like comes from does she
0: you know i can't remember we did a show about a year ago featuring this um iowa harm reduction coalition they did their first uh, i think it was a year ago did their first uh conference mm-hmm. um last year and so ahead of that we did a show so go back and listen to episode whatever um about this time last year i want to say i could be wrong about that but search for her name uh maybe I'll, I'll probably put a post i'll probably put a link to it or i'll probably forget but yeah. um Anyway, really cool thing. She's kind of a badass.
1: Yeah, and I think people are are quick to judge and say like we're facilitating them, you know, keep to keep using drugs, which all the evidence shows isn't true. Your numbers don't go up having clean ne- needle exchange, but your infection rates and things do yeah. go down. Yeah, that's and- the thing. Yeah, that's the
0: mm-hmm. thing that they highlighted in the article I read on Iowa yeah. Public Radio that, you know, you you don't necessarily see with data an increase in drug use. What you see is an increase in the spread of these particular diseases that are associated with IV drug use.
1: And while evidence-based is a sensitive word with our government right now, it's the only way to approach the problem. And I think until the government is willing to make amends and say, oh, well, if we're not going to support this, we're going to counter and support, you know, expanding methadone clinic access Mm -hmm. or, you know, drug rehab programs and that sort of thing. You don't just get to veto everything and not propose an alternative solution.
0: Well, let's give credit to where credits do? I mean, the CDC is an arm of the government. And they have said, "Yeah, you can, you can do this." I don't know that that's all of the government, <laughs> but you know, we'll just leave it at that.
1: Um, maybe you know a little less than half. The
0: <laughs> a small portion of the government. Um, anyway, in the meantime, the U.S. is relaxing the rules for treating those with opioid addiction. Uh, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, has changed a regulation to allow more kinds of healthcare professionals to to prescribe buprenorphine. Bu- I'm going to try this, buprenorphine no, nope. yeah, buprenorphine Yes, for maintenance or detox treatment. Uh, it should bring the number of practitioners who can prescribe the medication up to about 43,000 uh, which is a big deal because uh, most of those physicians currently able to, permitted to treat addiction are in urban centers. Most of the addiction problems are in rural centers where there haven't been physicians able to do this, which is huge. Um, In fact, 90% of physicians who were able to prescribe this drug lived in urban counties and more than 30 million people live in areas where there was no option. So it's heartening to see changes taking place now. It's probably, you know, it's a long time coming, but
4: I mean, I think it just outlines the problem. Like, there's 30 million people that don't have access to that. That's, what, a little under 10% of the population in the United States where 365 million people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it outlines, like, there's a, a, a crisis in which, like, we do have areas of the country that don't have any access to health care or adequate access to health care. Um, I think in Iowa, there's not that many methadone clinics. I know there's one in Cedar Rapids, one in Des Moines. I'm assuming one in Iowa City. I don't know that one for I actually sure. don't know that I don't there, think is, there one is one in one. Iowa City. Yeah, so there's patients surprising. that drive to Cedar Rapids to get their methadone every day and they, we don't do standing orders for methadone because of you know it is an opioid and um, but I think that's we need to address that like we, we can assist, that's a systematic problem um, that we can address.
3: yeah instead of like keeping the population separate and letting the like IV drug users like Fend for themselves, we're kind of like letting a rope down and helping them out of it, so to speak
0: yeah but I mean even if you believe that these things are enabling, like, you know, the needle exchange programs and stuff like that are enabling, I mean, what you're discounting there is the benefits to, you know, the rest of society that, um, you know, would otherwise have problems like, um, you know, infectious diseases or the drain on... um
1: local law enforcement
0: local law enforcement yeah all this kind of stuff and that's the interesting thing is like when i know when they were talking about
4: doing this clean needle exchange they had um, some table set up that you could call your local representative or senator to get support for the bill and there's two distinct ways to to represent this problem right there's Mm -hmm. a humanistic i shouldn't say human there's a more like personal approach saying like these helps drug users and studies show that if you give you know access to clean needle exchanges they're more likely to go and seek treatment Mm -hmm. or get help with their drug problem um versus the, the fiscal side, and I'm not going to comment which side, which political party likes which. I think you can figure that out. But then the other side <laughs> is like firefighters and police officers report less needle sticks when there's clean needle exchanges. There's a less cost overall for um, emergency room visits and chronic, you know, like osteomyelitis and other um, IV drug related um, illnesses that we right. see. The overall costs to the system and the state go down.
0: Yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of like one of those situations that seems to me like a clear win. Mm-hmm. no matter which side of that, you know, argument you come down on, yeah. which mm-hmm. is, you know, it doesn't happen that often.
4: I think that's why they're getting the support they're getting. Mm-hmm. is both sides. just like, hey, there's, there's benefit both ways to
0: do this. Well, and we've done it the other way yeah. for decades. And it has been. And it's been, you know, kind of a disaster. So,
1: yeah, I think, you know, we're charged with being some of the champions for, coming at this from a medical, personal perspective rather than a legal perspective in response to, the, like, the drug epidemic in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I'm just, like, honored to be in a class with somebody like Sarah that's making this happen in, a like, a statewide mm-hmm. kind of yeah. perspective.
4: Very cool. Other states have noticed it, too. The Iowa Harm Reduction Coalition, I had um, supper with one of the ER attendings that's pretty heavily involved with this one night. And, you know, there's it's other... Dr dr rundy dr rundy okay. yeah so Good. um comp- you know iowa harm reduction coalition's done so much in just the, the short amount of time that they've been around they've pushed more legislation than a whole bunch of other like established organizations in other states and I although they've been talking to these other organizations saying this is how you can help and um you know it's pretty impressive like yeah. yeah. they doing phenomenal it, with it, it. really
0: is because sometimes yeah. these things just feel like monumental oh they are pushing rocks up hills kind of stuff and
1: yeah And this is, it's a a thing that's kind of developing so rapidly, like, in response to this problem that's been growing in the United States in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, so I was just, my clinical service has been at the VA, and the VA has obtained grants, and some of the physicians there really worked hard for grant funding in order to treat every hep C patient that the VA sees. Um, If they want it, they can get treatment without cost to them, because now that there is treatment, it's so outrageously expensive, but the VA... And those doctors have worked to just make that accessible. And now they actually have to like go out and recruit any patients they can find. And they've tested everyone they see just because they have this money and they have cured so many people. But if you look at that, the VA is a federally funded organization who funds the federal government, us as taxpayers. Would you rather be you know, paying taxes for the cost of needles versus hep C treatment? Granted, some of this was grant money, but just think of the ways we could be allocating this, all that money, if we had eradicated some of that need for hep C.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, if you're listening, and you probably are, because <laughs> who wouldn't? Good job. Um, if you're going to have a robot crawling around inside you, yeah, I think it should be cute, don't you? German scientists have come up with a tiny magnetically operated strip of rubber that can crawl, swim, climb, wiggle. It's way through your body to deliver drugs or maybe just tickles. Uh, Let's watch this video. And Kylie, I want you to describe what it is you're seeing for our listeners who are not blessed with the visual of this.
1: Okay. I want to say it's like a one by three to four centimeter black rectangular strip of, I don't know. How do
2: you know how big it is? Of robot.
1: Oh, it's it's so cute! It is <laughs> It does little tricks. It rolls around. It's flapping. It like inches like a little flatworm.
0: This is about a, it's about it's it's actually about a tenth of a of an inch.
1: Yeah, I was grossly. Oh yeah, like a caterpillar, yeah, a green it's... or a jellyfish.
0: And it's a piece of black. Um,
1: it's,
0: it's a piece yeah. of it's a strip of black whatever. Oh
1: wow, it's very very thin. There's
0: a, there's a scientist looking guy, but anyway, point is,
2: it's super cute.
1: He looks like a villain in a uh, superhero movie. He right. Looks
2: kind of gross. It's it's. Me- <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it looks like they had it with the caterpillar. I mean that's, oh, well, that's the, pretty it, gross. That's pretty scary. I don't <laughs> yeah, want that thing yeah. in
1: me. Dude, the number of caterpillars I've eaten in this life, throw one more in me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, it can grab things, and and let go. go. It's like it's sentient too. I don't know. It's a, it's it's a bit of uh it's a bit of rubbery material. It it's looks got, like it can dance. Yeah. It's like got, you're
1: playing music with it.
0: It's got magnetic particles Gokey. in it. Like <laughs> it can be can be manipulated using magnetism, which is really super cool. cool. Scoot, scoot, scoot! Damn, that is cool.
1: Scoot, scoot! scoot roll. Do
4: they comment and say what they would use this for?
0: Yeah, they want to deliver drugs with it. They want to, uh, you know, ex- I, I don't know what else they can do. It's it's kind of hard to imagine what else they can do with it. I mean, are mm-hmm. they thinking? Can they put a knife on the end of it and excise like some uh, kind of like
1: chemo drugs? And you can like inch it and apply it directly to the source. Yeah, of I the think, cancer. I or? think
0: that's the idea. I think personally, I think you know sometimes scientists are like. Uh, we don't know what this is gonna be used for. It's really cool though. yeah, we'll yeah. put some oh, drugs on it. We gotta we gotta yeah. find a practical
2: use for this fast. Um, yeah, I don't know that,
1: why you would necessarily need the drugs to be mobile in your body and moving it around and are you transporting it through the bloodstream or is he just like inching his way through flesh right. the inch- throwing his way
3: they
0: know. they show it uh, sort of moving into a stomach like yeah for uh, well, ulcers it out well while it's there though. Um, in it can go swallow,
1: against
4: the cameras that you yeah. I mean, if they have some kind of function, oh, it can well, go against the flow too. It'd be like
1: a transient medication ad- administration. Go, I was thinking long term in
2: your stomach and out your throat. Yeah. In a
1: tube and out your boob. <laughs> Round <Yeah>. four. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Does anyone remember that rhyme from childhood? Just me. What How, is it? A California thing. What <laughs> this okay. is? A,
0: this is a, a childhood a, rhyme. Sounds pretty regional. We don't claim this. Yeah. Uh, I think it needs googly eyes. I think that's it. It needs googly eyes and maybe a little more development on this. Oh, I've you know them. what? I
1: was trying to think what it reminds me of. Um, for all of you out there, like something like Marcel the Shell, where yes. does he have a very cute little well, voice. And if he had some eyes, boom. It, it looks like stop wringer. motion
0: in the video, it looks like stop motion animation. I didn't think of that. I thought of Marcel you know,
1: the Shell. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it needs a little, With a little more flexibility. It
0: needs a cute little voice and some googly eyes. Ah, oh, brilliant. Thank you, Daniel Terry, who suggested this story in our Facebook group um, (laughs) and gave me something really cute to look at.
1: So I'm going to interject here with my own propaganda because I've been eating Laffy Taffy. (laughs) And those of you listening to the podcast all the way through, thanks for sticking with us. But now you also know how long it's been that it's taken me to get the joke on my Laffy Taffy wrapper. I was like, maybe there's a good joke to share with our listeners. And so this person said the joke they sent in says, when does a doctor get mad? I was like, "Ooh, pertinent. Except I didn't understand the answer, which is: Do you guys have any suggestions?
3: When does a doctor get mad? Um. Something with the word "round" in it. I don't know.
1: (laughs) No, not when. (laughs) What?
3: You know. So when does the doctor get mad? I don't know.
1: Okay. Well, good. I'm glad it doesn't jump out everyone else because it said when he runs out of patience,
3: like uh, patience with a T,
1: and I could not figure that out. I'm like, why? I'm so glad when I run out of patience, it means I can go home but then I finally caught on it's just right. um, after like yeah. 35 minutes.
2: Okay. Oh. Hey, let's play a game. I'll never laugh. after that. Is Here, this, here's
4: does this the, involve these post-it notes? It products?
0: does. It does. Grab a, uh, grab a post-it note and a pen. Post-it notes stack and a pen.
1: A, a, a I'm a stack literally going to steal these. That.
0: We're going to do what uh, lots of YouTube videos and, and uh, podcasts do. We're going to play a little game of Would You Rather. Oh, Oh.
1: I feel like I suggested that.
0: Uh, You probably did. Oh, boy. Eventually, Kylie, I do go with your suggestion.
1: (laughs) Oh. Like the
0: pets episode, which Persistence overcomes resistance.
1: 72 (laughs) years later. (laughs)
2: That's really
0: good. All right. Let's play. (laughs) Would you rather, for the rest of your life, watch only House MD or Grey's Anatomy? Mm. (laughs) Just write 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 them down. Okay. Like
4: one, two, three, four.
0: You know these these uh, I think these appeal to different demographics. We
2: might learn something about you guys. Okay. I can already detect some gender politics, maybe creeping up here. I think.
1: Okay, the, well, screw oh. all you because I'm the only woman here. So interesting.
2: Hmm.
1: I bet Gabe wants.
3: What one. did uh, <laughs> what did you write down, Gabe? Uh, we're sharing.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: House,
3: no, we were just gonna. move. Well, I thought. Okay. House MD. I, just because I watched Grey's Anatomy and I stopped. Spoiler alert, by the way. I stopped watching when. Gray, like, fell in a river. This was many years ago. She fell in a river and, like, had hypothermia, but she stayed alive for a while. It was just the most outrageous. It was
1: outrageous. A river of was the, the Washington Ocean.
3: Whatever it was. It was Washington. a body of water. <laughs> say, like, oh, I've never heard Washington. of this Washington Ocean. It just seems so outrageous. Highly, highly standing on, like, on, like geographical yeah. truth. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cold body of water that she basically drowned in, but she was able to stay alive because her body was able to, you know.
1: Yeah, they induce hypothermia yeah, in exactly. patients all the time.
3: Well, you know, you just, yeah, you know, just. I stopped watching at okay. that point. So I'm that was your, that was your draw. That, you
0: He's draw mad
1: them. she fell in the river and then didn't take her clothes off.
0: What about you? <laughs> what about you, Kylie?
1: <laughs> I said House and as well. Oh. Just the early Grey's Anatomy started out pretty like medical heavy and very informative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just became a lot more drama. And as the original cast died off, another spoiler alert once, um, Derek and Mark Sloan were gone, I couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> and actually, I stopped watching it when I got to med school. I was okay. just like, I don't need this in my personal life. But <laughs> House is a little bit more of a learning curve.
2: Isaac? House, yeah, sure. Eric? Yeah, I wrote House, but I've already watched most of that. And so maybe I would actually rather have new episodes to watch. Well, you know, there's a new uh, there's, there's a new show more. called The Resident.
0: That supposedly can okay. make sense. I've so heard of the yeah, I've a couple. Yeah, of those. I've I've been terribly
4: impressed. Yeah.
1: or the Good Doctor. Has anyone else watched? <laughs> no, it? I have not watched. Oh it, no, but no like, what a
0: name. What
4: he's he's autistic? the autistic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's I'm. I really was a big fan. But
2: okay.
0: Would you rather eat a pound of vomit <laughs> or a pound of used bandages? Oh, oh. are these who's, stra- oh. strangers? Oh. Who's vomit? Yeah. Just some vomit that you uh, that
1: you were presented. You don't Ah, know. He's one I
2: respect. Oh, geez.
1: This is really gross.
2: I know exactly what I'm doing though. How much was it again? What was it? One one pound. (laughs) One pound. (laughs) (laughs) Write down your answers. I feel
1: like this isn't really a question, though.
0: Huh?
1: I feel like it's not a question. I feel
0: like I'm dying either way. This is this is a classic. Would you rather question? I mean, would you rather? Uh What would you choose between two gross things? Uh, let's uh, let's hear from Kylie first.
1: Ugh, I picked the vomit.
2: Okay. Just because
1: you know how sometimes when you vomit, it still tastes like the food you just ate. Oh, eat. yeah. So like maybe I could trick myself.
2: Barbecue yeah. sauce usually <laughs> comes out you tasting exactly the same. Yeah,
1: Arby's roast yeah. beef sandwich exactly the same.
2: <laughs> okay, is that personal experience or hell yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? I also had vomit kind of for the same ways. I don't think I could, like I don't. I couldn't wash down a pound of Band-Aids. So. Yeah, exactly. So just, yeah. just physically vomit. It's kind of form. a density thing too. Yeah, you know, like, uh, That's yeah. kind of why
4: I was going off. Like maybe I, if that just had a big meal, you know, the density might be a little different. I could get away with like a couple of big <laughs> swallows. <laughs> but uh, if, like you have a pound of Band-Aids. That's like a mountain of Band-Aids in front of you. And they're used and they're not guaranteed to be yours. Disgusting.
3: Yeah. Okay. Same, same. I think my chances of getting like an infectious disease is a lot higher with the Band-Aids. Yeah. You, yeah. not mine, you know. Yeah.
0: By the way, Brown University professor of psychiatry and human behavior, Rachel Hertz, came up with a chemical that had a distinctive smell. And when she presented it to people and called it Parmesan cheese, people said they loved it and wanted to eat it. Uh, when she turned around and presented those same people with that smell and told them it was vomit, they were horrified and disgusted. Uh, even when they were told that it was the same exact smell, they refused to believe it. And uh,
4: The brain is okay. a powerful thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So
1: a little aside there, like now being in the hospital... You will smell things on the floor sometimes, and if it's around mealtime, you're like, oh, man, like, is that food? It, it smells good, but, like, I refuse to let myself think it's food and, and or, like, think that it smells good because the one time you do and then you see the nurse, like, cleaning out a bad pan, you're scarred. So it's going to be,
0: it's gonna be <laughs> like mercy. <watch> <laughs>
1: yeah, and it, it totally is the brain thing. If you think it's food, you can trick yourself, but if you think it's poop,
0: mm-hmm. no way. Would you rather give a testicular exam to Steve Bannon Or a live deadly scorpion? Now, don't give the obvious answer here if it's not like, you know. Just keep in mind, scorpions, deadly. Steve Bannon, there's got to be some fungus there. (laughs) Uh,
3: (laughs) I would bet there is, actually. Yeah.
0: Kylie's really thinking hard about it.
1: Well, you said don't give the obvious answer, but like... Well, I
0: mean, I, I didn't want you to be I'm, like... The I've obvious a answer would be, haha, ha, Steve Rephrase, I've led a good life. Man, I'm willing to die. Would you rather give die. a testicular exam exam to Steve, Steve Bannon, Bannon or live deadly scorpion also or, scorpion or a testicular
4: exam testicles. to a live deadly scorpion yeah, well, right. they, don't they don't have, have
0: testicles this yes, they do they're inside You'd have I'm to not do, you still r- have to do the exam I'm looking up scorpion anatomy so we all have reference point but... I tried it wasn't easy oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: scorpion testicles scorpions are related to spiders
0: scorpions are related to spiders I Ugh. did learn scorpions are related to spiders and yeah, spiders remnants. have uh, something called palps which are analogous to uh, penises uh, male sp- boy spiders, anyway, <laughs> yeah, and uh, they only generally have two chances to mate because they usually break off. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm gonna reference this somehow and bring it up on my urology rotation,
0: yeah, you should bring that up. Uh, so what do we decide?
2: Is it you start? I, I, I think scorpions are cool, and Steve Bannon, uh, not so much. So I want scorpions, okay, yeah,
4: I want Steve Bannon because uh, you know. I, it's just part of the job. Like if you're in to do a testicular exam and been there, done that, you know, (laughs) it, it is
0: what it is. Okay. Speaking, I mean, this is
3: coming right back around to testicular torsion. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I went with Steve Bannon as well. I feel like don't like the guy, but he might be interesting to talk to. Okay. You know, all right. That's a good way of of looking at it. Interesting
2: (laughs) to talk to. Scorpion, not (laughs) that much to say.
4: (laughs) When you're doing a testicular exam, you do not, I, I don't know, like, When I'm down like (laughs) below the waist, I do not look up, I do not have conversations about your politics. Yeah. You know.
0: So how's your politics? How's the job search going?
4: I'm down here to do a job, I'm gonna get it done, and then we can talk.
1: I was actually like pretty sad on the Scorpion and then thinking about it though, although I probably don't want this recorded. So if it's like two years into the future, you're thinking about interviewing me for residency and you hear this, (laughs) like I'm sure I've grown as a person. But I'm still pretty new at doing testicular exams, so like I might accidentally pinch the epididymis. I don't know. So I mm. think I'd maybe take my risk with Steve Pannon.
3: There we go. <laughs> <Okay>. uh.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't want to pinch a scorpion's epididymis. That would, that would unfairly torture that's you. Yeah, a, it, so a learning a point for those at
1: home. We learned recently that it's like not the testicles that cause the severe pain when you get knocked in the junk. It's the epididymis that's really tender.
0: Good to know. Good to know. Uh, In January of 2017, folks on Twitter were trying to figure out what Steve Bannon reminded them of. Uh, Here's a little quiz for you. Which of the following was not one of those things, as far as my limited research can say? Uh, First, Steve Bannon looks like dandruff and a cigarette butt had sex in a ditch. Bannon looks like haggis drawn from memory. Steve Bannon looks like Fred Flintstone six years after Wilma took Pebbles and Dino and left him for Mr. Slate. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> the last one i think the last one's too creative oh i, think, but it's last creative. One is I friendly. think it's too
1: creative too not friendly. To oh i think haggis i can see that for sure and i'm not i don't even really know what haggis looks like
0: we've got a can of haggis in our house which my wife insisted on buying what i'm not really sure what we're gonna do with it but i'm scared
1: and then the whole like dandruff and well, what was it
0: cigarette, cigarette, cigarette. that one's yeah. too good
1: that one's real good and still so weirdly accurate how does that,
0: that it's pretty weird yeah, you're right. Uh, Steve Bannon. Uh, nobody ever said he looked like Fred Flintstone.
4: Everyone loves uh-huh. Fred Flintstone. So, yeah. Yeah. but you know, six years later. You know,
0: six. <laughs> all right. Would you rather get slapped in the face with a pound of bacon marinated with ghost pepper juice? Oh. Or a pound of bacon, marinated in Martin Shkreli's saliva. Too easy, you think? Oh, too
1: easy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. What's uh? What's the verdict?
4: Ghost pepper for sure. Absolutely. I love spicy food, so like, ghost br- pepper though. Br- no. I, so, have you had a ghost pepper? I haven't had a. If you had one, I'll try it. But it's a ghost you d- pepper. You
1: like you will like need medical attention.
4: Is it that bad? It's it's like how many Scoville
3: units are we talking? Like, like millions, millions. Yeah. What's millions?
4: A, what's what's the reference point? Like what's a habanero? Uh,
3: like, hundreds.
1: Yeah, not not that much. Okay. Yeah.
3: I, so look. yeah, maybe I should rethink this actually.
4: So uh, I I still go the heat.
3: Okay.
1: But I you know sometimes like you just want to be the patient. You just want people to take care of you. So bring on the ghost pepper.
2: Okay. Anybody, does that, does that everybody's... Yeah, except uh, for, except that gets in your eye, you're done for. Yeah. 1.041 million, <gasps> million. But if
1: you went blind, then you could get a dog. <laughs> well,
2: get and
1: a then I could take that dog with me everywhere I wanted.
3: You'd get blind in one eye, though, at max, or anything. Yeah.
0: yeah. Slapped then, on one yeah. side of the face. Uh, a 47-year-old man, so a man my age, was treated uh, for Boerhaave syndrome. I think I'm pronouncing that right, which is a ruptured esophagus caused by violent vomiting or retching. <laughs> Oh, after consuming a puree of ghost pepper your uh, uh, goo as part of an eating contest, <laughs> spent 14 days on a ventilator and went home on oh, day 23 yes. with a gastric tube. It may be the only um, recorded instance of ghost pepper induced uh, illness. All right. Give so, me that saliva.
4: I just want to interject here. So I I'm in the army for all the one that doesn't know. So I've been through the tear gas chamber before. Oh, yeah. And the tear gas chamber, Scoville reigning is 5.3 million. Wow. Yes. So this ghost pepper was 1 million. So yes, I do the ghost pepper. <laughs> but did you have it in your mouth?
0: But yeah. So what we did is we does went- it Does it burn in the same way that. I didn't realize that tear gas had a had oh. a, had a a Scoville rating. Oh, it don't never... you have
1: to, like, take off your mask and then tell them a sentence?
0: Yeah,
4: so you go in there, and mm-hmm. it's, like, this little room, and you come in, there's a guy sitting in the middle, and he's in this full chemical suit, and he's, like, burning tablets. looks like a drug dealer sitting there on this hot plate. Uh-huh. And you get in there, and then, like, you have your masks on, and all of a sudden you start feeling, like, the worst sunburn of your life on mm. any of your exposed skin. Yeah. And you're sitting there, and they, like, make you do push-ups and stuff and, like, get your heart rate up. And then they're like, all right, so... Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have you pull your masks off, we're gonna walk around the room three times and you're gonna stay your name, rank, social security number, and then we'll throw you out.
2: <laughs> and made me do the uh the army values too. No uh, Oh, yeah, 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 the army so, is well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can confirm. Did you where did you do basic at though? Uh uh Penning? uh no, Lost in the Woods. Leonard, Leonard Wood. Oh, Leonard Wood. Yeah. yeah.
4: Leonard. And uh so that's you go out and you do your thing and you take your mask off and it just it sucks for like five minutes. I wouldn't mind doing it again. It's just interesting how transient it is. Okay. It's like 10 minutes and you just air yourself out and you're done. Well, I
0: think the difference I I, I am not go I've never done this. I've never taken a ghost pepper or been in a tear gas chamber, but uh the, the I suspect the difference is that you swallow the ghost pepper. Yeah. And maybe you don't swallow the uh you just breathe it the in. Tear gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a little different. Yeah. I don't know. Fair. Uh would you rather get a grade of near honors in all your clerkships or alternating grades of pass and honors, pass and honors in all your clerkships. Ooh. Mm.
1: Pass and honors.
0: Yeah. Pass honors. I think so. Cause honestly, you, so you wouldn't rather get near honors in every clerkship? You
4: would nope. rather near oh. honors doesn't show up in your transcript. Huh? Yeah.
0: So it's only honors
4: and,
1: in pre clerkship, maybe that's I don't right. know. But for clerkship, it. so
4: for your dean's letter, like whatever, like the when well, Dean Dave Cooper writes, I write the dean. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> so he's got like there's a certain word they use for like the number of honor points that you have. No, you know? no. so it's all standardized between Dean Cooper's like. It is exceptional. That, this is true,
0: this. but in the this is only for the that's only for the final paragraph. Your other clerkships all show the exact grade you got. But in each so clerkship, it,
4: they don't. But in clerkship, there's no honors, or it's only honors or.
1: Pass
0: or no, fail? Also not true. Oh, there's near honors. There is near Yes, near. I didn't.
1: I just. I don't want to be. It doesn't
0: change it for me though. I
1: don't. I know this.
0: Nothing. Like... Nothing. Isaac shed. <laughs> oh. no.
4: I worked you no, no
1: points. <laughs> God on. have so, mercy
0: on your soul. You
1: just passed this podcast.
0: Um, <laughs> no, I just failed this podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I give you. A, I. I definitely a give you a, P. a, a P. near P. honors. <laughs> I'm a generous grader.
1: No, I wouldn't want to be like nearly. Great at everything. I would rather be really good in some things and like still sufficient in others. But
3: you don't get to choose what you're honoring. So maybe whatever you want to do, you're just getting the pass in. Whereas you could have just gotten. Oh, uh, that back. wasn't a part good of the thing. It well, you can't choose, bet, can so, you, Dave? Yeah. I I I didn't actually think of that. <laughs> Fair. Uh,
0: according to the NRMP's 2016 residency program director survey, 79% of them cited students' grades in required clerkships as a factor in selecting applicants to interview. Which individual special specialty cited grades in required clerkships most often as a factor in selecting applicants to interview? Ortho. Derm. Derm.
1: Urology. Anesthesia, Uro.
0: maybe? I don't know. No, none of those. Oh. Uh, Rad yeah. Onk. Also, also, also competitive. Uh, is the most uh, rated uh, them, mentioned them as a factor 93% of the time. Oh, wow. OB was second for 92%. Mm. So, Would you rather... Be the world's worst lover. Already there. Or the world's, <laughs> or the world's worst medical student in a world oh. in which you can't kill anybody by being the worst. Because let's face it, you're not going to kill anybody by being a bad
3: lover. Well. you got to even that I mean, point.
4: You're not going <laughs> to be able to kill someone as a bad medical student either. You have an attending. To, That's you, true. You ever it's seen it's Forensic Files, well. Dave? That's not really true.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad lover.
2: I love that guy's voice. Me too. If you're the world's worst medical student, how long are you going to keep being a medical student? Does that mean yeah. you're expelled? Oh, that's that's a good but point. But like, if you
1: guys think about it, like, realistically, somebody has to be the worst. They're out there, right? <laughs> that, all that's the <laughs> but he's a, so he's true. He's so like,
2: above the bar. It has to be, but... But I feel like word would spread that you're the world's worst lover, Yeah. So. No,
1: no, no. So, like, the world... Somebody is going to write down on paper, like, there's physical evidence trailing you as world's worst medical student, but, like, no one is going to you know, go out there and share that you're the world's worst lover. That's not going to get to sent to every prospective job that you have. You would
2: just be the worst lover they've ever had for yeah, everyone that yeah. you have And you'd loved. be known in a lot of like specific and friend as that horrible. And if you love that <laughs> yeah. many
1: people that it gets out in the public, maybe, maybe it deserves to be out there.
3: Okay. Well. The, uh, and you already win, right? Like, and is this for life? So you being the worst medical student translates into you being the worst doctor, like. Well, then, I ooh. again didn't. I always and ask the hard you
1: questions. Do. Is yeah. You being the worst lover, only like in other people's perceptions, are you still able to experience pleasure? <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> the world's like, most selfish lover.
1: Screw everyone else.
0: <laughs> it's a good point. I also didn't consider that. These are difficult questions. The first Google search auto suggestion for world's worst is. World's worst blackheads. World's Ooh, worst like blackheads. I'd watch that.
1: Oh
2: yeah, watch me like pops. That'd be fun.
0: Would you rather have your grandma vomit every time you break wind, or have a shingles outbreak every time you got a grade of pass or better in medical school? How long is the shingles outbreak?
3: <laughs> Jesus Christ!
2: <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah>. A week, <laughs>
1: guys.
3: My poor grandmother. Yeah, yeah.
1: as provi- like as. You know, humans that care about the welfare of others, we have to be self-sacrificial in taking on a shingles outbreak to yeah. spare our grandmother.
3: Luckily, my grandmother's passed away for this scenario. Oh, oh nice. I'm sorry. No, oh,
1: wait. Sorry. It, for this scenario. <laughs> no, she joking. is. <laughs> I don't have a grandmother. Jesus game. You know, it's well, good now for now this. Now I feel bad for shouting out, hey, Diane.
3: Uh, hey,
0: Diane. But grandma's gonna vomit every time you break wind.
1: Which is like thirty times a day. Yeah, that's a lot of I'm lactose intolerant. That's a lot of
0: Yeah, mine's, mine's I'm taking shingles I I'm if I have it. a grandma.
1: And yeah, I don't honor enough to be worried about shingles.
0: <laughs> well it's pass or better. So basically if every time you don't fail. Yeah.
1: Oh, so every single time. Yeah. Oh hold this on. Like every like
0: a... time you <laughs> Yeah
1: Except that second neuro exam.
0: <laughs> every time you don't get a failing grade. Oh. So that's there's a lot of that. You get like a test every week. Yeah grandma's going to be, be in pretty crap i would say a shingles outbreak probably lasts at least a few days
2: if you, not you pretty much as always have shingles. We got good antivirals do you have we'll access to that. a butt plug <laughs> what in god's na- oh well of course you do threw
1: me for a second there. <laughs> the farting
0: Okay, I don't
4: know shingles is painful. I, it,
1: Not sorry, Grandma. Throw Grandma blood under, blood under the bus. Yeah, I here.
4: think I think I might. I have to avoid the shingles. She might get. Also.
1: Oh
3: my God. She might get Borhaven. That's too. an indictment on your soul, Isaac. I'm She's
1: sorry. gonna get a Mallory Weiss tear, and it's all because of you. It could be like a,
4: a simple like regurgit,
3: just it's like like a, like a bad
4: wretch, really like, uh, fast. Yeah, could be. I don't have the. I guess I don't have the same flatulence problem
0: that other Kylie people, does. And have. Yeah,
1: me and my cat. My cat and I were made <laughs> for each other.
0: All right. Well, uh, okay. I guess we know we've we learned a little bit more about you guys. This is what I, uh, what I always love to do. <laughs> uh, that is our show. Isaac, oh, Eric, Kylie, Gabe, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me. And thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today, I'm begging you to leave us a review on iTunes, just like Aloha from the Desert did this week. It was a very nice thing that she left a review of us.
1: Why do you think Aloha in the Desert is a she?
0: Review? I don't know. Actually, that's a good point. Reviews like the one you will inevitably post now that I have abjectly begged for it. Help us grow the show and feel good about what we're doing. If you don't like what you heard today, call your therapist. Or if you have a suggestion for something we should talk about, <laughs> seek barely informed sleep-addled advice. You can do those things at the of gmail.com or leave us a message at 347-SHORTS-ET. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, student government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox, and our closing music is by Catmosphere. We'll talk to you in one week.